Welcome to the Reading Aloud podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us and a baby. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> uh, we're sitting on separate sides than we usually sit on. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that as I set up. So, what do you how, what do you think that's going to change about how we record? Fresh um, new start or really confusing? New, new perspective. Okay. New perspective. So now I get to see your left eye instead of your right eye. Wink. <laughs> I, 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 uh, <laughs> I mean, mm, yes, I agree. I just don't. I, so this is just feels really vulnerable because, you know, when we documented our first round of IVF, we just were like, hey, y'all, we did IVF. <laughs> it worked. Well, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't. And that um, was the first time anybody heard about it. Right, right. We didn't document the IVF process while did, it was yeah. happening. We documented the infertility process Well, we while documented it, was it while it was happening. We didn't air it until after we had success. Ah, uh, okay. Something, okay. I maybe, had, I maybe. had forgot that, but right. But we didn't air it and Nobody it was knew. L- definitely less vulnerable. We have taught, now the infertility stuff we did document in the moment and that was really vulnerable. I mean, I'll never forget that conversation where we were, you were in the bathtub and we were recording sitting there mm-hmm. um, after you had just found out that you weren't pregnant. The bag of dicks one? The bag of dicks, yeah, one. <laughs> Should have just been called bag of bag dicks. Bag of dicks. But yeah, but but this one as well, we are recording in the moment while we're going through it. It, it has that same sense of the raw and realness of it all. Yeah. And I think for me, it's more because, you know, we had been going through infertility for a while by the time we did that. I think that was 2019. Yeah. Or 2018. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, we had been through it. So we knew we had a handle on it. This feels like fresh territory. And, you know, my hope is that by the time this one comes out, we're at least a few weeks out. We at least have a little bit more information under our belts. But there's something really sacred about a process happening insularly. Say more on that. What when, do you mean? Yeah. Exactly? Well, you know, I, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, but a girlfriend of mine just distilled down a, a, a lot of really amazing wisdom. And she has a sweat lodge community and a teaching that she received there because, you know, the awakenings and the experience, very deep and personal. And the teachings that she received are when you get out of the sweat lodge, you sit with your experience for seven days before you talk about it. When you finally share about it, you share a distilled down version. So sharing in real time is not is the opposite of holding it to ourselves until the because it's not like what we're going to share today is a moment in time. It's not the end result. And it leaves us vulnerable to people's opinions. And they're shoving their opinions in, which is a very common thing for people to do. And like, but, but like, the situation isn't ripe yet. Like where we are now, there's no clear end point. And therefore, not only is it not the end, it's also the miracles haven't showed up, the things that we aren't expecting haven't showed up. I'm living in a very black and white place right now. I'm super anxious. And yeah, I'm, I'm just still glad that this isn't going to air for a couple of weeks because right. we'll, yeah. Yeah. I find too, it's like, 
sharing before you have the words to share yeah is kind of hard and and that i think different people have varying degrees of uh ability to do that and some people need and neither is i'm not saying either way is good or bad it's like some people are really good at being super direct and and pointed in their language right off the bat and and just being able to synthesize things right away and others need a little bit more time and i think both you and i in certain aspects of our lives are very much verbal processors and this is a way that hence the podcast hence the podcast and so this is one of the ways that we you know verbally process through this and we're just so grateful for our our listener community for allowing like giving us this space like we we couldn't do this without you because we know people are listening and so i it's a little it feels a little selfish but this is a way in which we verbally process and we hope that through that verbal processing it it, it helps you in your world be able to process out difficulties that you may be going through relationship communication that you may be going through but you're right in that we we don't often come to these conversations having fully embodied what we're trying to share and say yet and so we never really prepare and that is in on purpose that we never really prepare for these conversations because we want that real raw interactions and and yeah we've gotten better at just being able to voice and share those in general we've wanted to do this this version of the fertility journey differently like you know we found out like we didn't know the sex of the baby with neo until he was born and then we this time around we found out we just want to do it different and you know the last episode we talked about how how triggering it was to come home after that appointment that was supposed to be fairly simple um and get all the news that we got, which essentially thrust us into about five different potential pathways, each one having their own challenges. And so we've been thinking about that for a little over a week, almost two weeks. And we're walking down five, honestly, five different pathways at the same time and having to do research on all five, well, four of the five and considering all five and it's it's exhausting it's exhausting and finally our doula um who's you know a magic human being said the slower you go the faster you'll get there she's like you need to make that your mantra and so that's really slowed me down that slowed me down from waking up in the morning and the first thing I do is like jump on some couple of tasks turns out I I can't have yet to go an entire day without following up with the task just because now the ball's rolling and then she was just like you have to understand that this is becoming a full-time job and that's what it's going to be until you all make your decisions um and I don't know babe I the back and forth like I made a commitment that once we decide how we're going to move forward with this IVF process that I would accept it and be clear about it and we made a decision and we'll talk about that we made a decision to move forward with one primary way of proceeding and I'm not settled on it because you know we've gotten more information it's just like it just might not work yeah do you mind to lay out the those paths sure. for folks? Yeah. One path is to not have a baby. Yeah. You know, we t- I talked with a 
trusted trusted advisor today and she was like you know you have an amazing family what's to say it's not complete and she said I know that's not fair to say when you deeply desire and I was like well I just have a lot of expectations right now I just have decided that Neo isn't an only child we've gone so far as to name the baby which just feels so vulnerable to say and we have basically made the decision that that we want to do this and that it's going to work I I don't know we've just so you know to hear that it's like oh right I have to remember that this might not work yeah right and that yeah, that's got to be a very real possibility. And you and I talked about that not working, it not working. And we were And that's like, an outcome of one of the, of of a path, right? So it's you know, it can be overwhelming and and for me it's a lesson in this like it is the like how to hold so many different decisions which can't be made all at once and each one of those different decisions has multiple different outcomes so it's this kind of like web of lines that just like flow out from your relationship and it's really really vulnerable to not know what direction that you're going in such a impactful scenario right to to have another kid or you don't have another kid, and then how you get there. And at the end, we will either have two kids or we will have one kid. And that's the, those are the outcomes. But even with that, it's like, it's not the only... Like, I don't know. Like, there's... I, I don't know, babe. Like, that's also not... I mean, there are, but 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 it is, but it, it is and it isn't. But yeah. it, in the end, it is kind of like that. And there's lots of variances when that kid's born, how, how age separation they are. There's all those little, like, things. But at the end, it's like one or two kids. That's the outcome. No, it's... There could be... Babe, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just trying to say that there's a lot more... Well, there's like, super secret option C, which is that we have seven kids. <laughs> they, they, just, they didn't all make it um no the super secret option c is you know a, a pregnancy outside of ibf um right yeah you using the third mosaic embryo yeah yeah i mean in addition yes uh yeah all of those i think after all of those that is the I, next phase. Yeah, no, no, no. I yeah. think I just want to get us out of the yeah. binary, and that's what I'm trying go, to say. Yeah. Is that we're operating from this place of like outcome A or outcome B, and it's really not like I. We have to be open, more open than that, or we're gonna we're gonna suffer from these from the binary. The so the other four lanes are we could, and and this is the thing is that I'm gonna get an exam next week that's going to be helpful in, in it's going to be helpful in helping me to understand if we can have this baby vaginally and whether or not the top MFM in all of Western or in all of North Carolina, who's going to assess me says like, I really do trust your cervix. Like I really do trust it or here's what we're going to do or this, that, and the other. And 
then there's this, so that's one option. The other option is to put in an abdominal cerclage. So in a, a cerclage is something that it's like putting a stitch in your cervix, which my cervix is really short, which was part one of many issues that we had last time and putting in an abdominal cerclage that then results in, unless we go through some weird kind of side path that I'm not sure is really an option results in a planned C-section that takes away the risk of losing the baby because of what they call like a insufficient cervix, all the names. I, at one point I wanted to go on a rant about the medical system because it's so fucking casual. Everybody's like, Oh yeah. Polyps. Let's just, we'll just clean well, those it's, out it's, in two weeks. It's and- just like the, um, you know, it makes me think of the way and there's been some just a comparison around like the legal system, right, where if you go into there, a lawyer and a judge and people that work in that every day, they're like, ah, it's just a misdemeanor, you know, but like for that person, it is a big event in their life. And they're going into a space and making decisions and, and going through a process that that, you know, is probably completely foreign to them and also also very impactful. But to somebody who sees it every single day on the spectrum of what is the possibilities it's very minimal but you know to that to you as an individual and i think oftentimes it is a a failure of these kind of big systems in which they dehumanize the process and they forget that even though it's just a misdemeanor or even though it's just polyps which is a very relatively common thing for you, it is not common and it is a new impactful experience that needs to be treated as such, not as a Wednesday. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. It is on a Wednesday. And they and it's a surgery. They call it a surgery. I know. They're like, you just come in for a surgery. And you're like, who, like, that's not... A, for us, that's not normal. Also, it's know? like days off work. I mean, there's so yeah, many there's, there's ripple effects yeah, to life, impact. you know? So do you feel, and we still have two more paths to share, do you feel like... For those keeping track. <laughs> do you feel like, you know, I said, what if this doesn't work? And you were like, no regrets. No regrets. We have, we're, we're making the best decision we can with the information we've gotten. There are no regrets. And, and it was like, yeah, we'll all grieve, but there are no regrets. And I just... To me, we were talking about that at a time when there was an option that opened up that felt like a magic option. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was I was kind of on board. I was like, no regrets. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, no regrets if it works. <laughs> right, right, right. For me, what I what I really truly mean by that is there is a mindset going in knowing that you did the best that you could and knowing that that you can't control the outcome. Do you still feel that way? Yes, I still feel that way. As much as you did the other day? Yes, 100%. Because because we're just, again, we're making the best decisions that we can with the information available to us and we are not half-assing anything and we are putting our all into it and that means that, you know, it's in God's hands Mm. and... I can only control what I can control and the rest I have to release into what will be. So I think that that 
my brain was wrapping around the no regrets when we thought we were going a different path. And now I'm thinking we might go another, another path. And it's like, now I don't know if the no regrets, I don't know. I don't know if I know about no regrets. I don't know. The more information I get, the more it just feels like the nar- the options become narrower. Do you feel like as we explore all these different pathways of possibilities, do you feel like it, it helps you to feel like there is a most likely yeah why because it's an it's like a uh it's a it's i can stop focusing on all five right i can focus my attention on one i can move forward i can put hope into it even though i know it could change but i could be hopeful and that's kind of how it felt so the path the other two paths are surrogacy and we've had a incredible best friend in our lives who's offered since we started our infertility journey and she offered again after neo was born since we had all the the complications that some didn't turn out to be complicated and some were really complicated and she offered again and so i called her the other day really early she lives on the other side of the country and and i said you know do you know why i'm calling and she's like i have an idea i was like why and she's like meh just wondering if I'm about to get knocked up. <laughs> and I was like, "What? well, you know, we haven't talked about it since last year. I was like, well, you know. <laughs> I mean, if that was never, if that was a sign right there that like you hadn't talked about it in over a year and they knew already when you were, what you were calling about. I mean, it's just, you know, that's really, that is very special relationship. It is. And it, I mean, completely. And everything about that has felt so amazing. And the and the thing I didn't know, babe, was how much relief I, f- I was going to feel. I mean, I have just felt so much nervousness about like, okay, I'm going to power through the next two years, getting pregnant, having a baby. Maybe it'll be better than the last time, which in reality, it could be better, could be the same, could be worse. We don't know. And I'm just like, power through, make it, get to the other side, long range vision. And when, when she said, absolutely the offer is still on the table. I was like, (sighs) yeah, you called me right away. And, um, I was uh, at a work function out of town and you were like, can you talk? And, and one of the first things that I said to you was, I hear the peace in your voice. So then what are we going to do if it doesn't work out? Like, so then the other option right, but would that be... moment, that moment was diff. That moment is now just information related to this moment. This moment is different mm-hmm. and you might find peace from some other thing. That's a good point. You know, you can't like, and that, that is also the, that is also what you were talking about earlier in the non-binary thinking that like, oh, now that's the right way. Cause mm-hmm. I felt peace in that moment. Hey, things change. Even and- today though, somebody said, I felt, you know, we haven't told Well, now we've told the whole world, but we haven't told that many people about that. And the person today, this trusted advisor, she was like, she was like, I just, you know, I feel so good about it. And somebody else was like, imagine your life like and I've imagined us having a good night's sleep and waking up and meeting this person at the hospital and and then retrieving this baby well rested and not in a place of recovery and not having just endured nine months of whatever 
kinds of things. And like people have just consistently said to me, like, Marisol, your pregnancy and your birth was really hard. It was really hard. And it set the stage for that first year of Neo's life. And I just, I think of it as miracles. I'm like, but there were miracles. He made it to term. And then there were miracles during his birth. And I think that the the thing I tend to underestimate is that the two day labor with no sleep was with, well, I had a few hours, but like that, that was really impactful because you know how it is when you're sleep deprived because you're, you know, at a festival or on a plane or something, it takes weeks to recover. And then we're dealing with, you know, milk issues and all this stuff. So that came after that. And then just like an incredibly vocal, wild baby, you know, and it, it definitely feels like, you know what I just thought about? I doubt he will ever listen to these. What? Neo? Yeah. Like, oh, he will listen to these. No, babe, babe. You think a L- whoa? Wait, if, you think a teenager is going to sit no, down? No, a teenager not, but a forty-year-old is going to consume hundreds of hours. Yes, imagine if your parents had these; you would totally listen to them. Yeah, I mean, not but all at, not all at once, but like eventually. You know, he may be in his sixties and seventies and listening to them. Are podcasts going to be a thing? Are we living on Mars? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure like audio will still exist. (laughs) Sounds will still exist, (laughs) but they probably won't be in podcast form. I mean, you're right. Yes. Did you convert the VHSs? Like everybody said, did you put them on the computer? Nobody did. Those things are going to rot. Yeah. Well, you know, we can still find Aladdin on DVD. No, I mean on no, babe. Line. It's not, not Aladdin. Di- that shows my age right there. I'm like DVD. It's oh, not Aladdin. It's, it's home, home video. video. Not my department. I. D- what d- is your department? <laughs> uh, blouses and skirts. <laughs> Blouse and skirt. <laughs> <laughs> that just came out. I used to work in retail in my early days. Blouse and skirt. Blouse and skirt. Where is that from? me i don't know no no it's probably from cheryl when i say not my department i mean that like i didn't my family didn't have a, a camera so we don't have home videos right. your family home videos saying, are not babe. my department and they don't want to convert them so well, I, I think they gave them to me they do convert it blouse and skirt <laughs> wait what <laughs> they don't want to convert them and we might not want to anyway you well go for it could be my department. I was going to say, I thought it wasn't your department. Well, you know, I think eventually, eventually it would become my department. Point being, I agree with you. Neo is not going to want to listen to all of this when he's 14. Actually, we probably shouldn't even tell them that they what? exist when he's that old. But when he's older, he will totally listen to this. I feel like actually this is a gift in a lot of ways, this podcast that should is just I bur- so should special. Should I burn the journal that I'm trying to keep up with? This, you know, people are like, oh, there's, no? <laughs> well, this is essentially it. And people are like, make an email account and recount all the things of your kids. But it's like, are we even talking about special events with him here? Or are we just talking about us? <laughs> he will get insight into himself and how he was raised so and what I've, was happening during his life. So I mean, far, I've said wild, Neo, crazy, when you're listening to this, loud, you're, crying, you're 19 months old. And you are amazing, amazing, and we're doing the best that we can. And this is how you're either going to become an only child or a sibling. (laughs) 
Back to the binary. Or something else that we couldn't imagine at this point. That's right. That's right. I'm like about to, I'm about ready to appeal to, there's one woman who kind of makes kind of the gatekeeper for this surrogacy process through our fertility center, the one we've chosen to use. And she, we'll call her Janet, but, and and no judgment, but she has been very clear about the parameters and they're all parameters that are working to ensure uh, success of the pregnancy. And so I appreciate that. And that's why we picked them because they have, they're just amazing. And they've had so many considerations. Yeah. 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 And she, there's some non-negotiables that I don't know if our surrogate's going to meet. So it depends, you know, and I'm just about ready to pull the, like the God card of, of like this, this, like, I hear that there's a few numbers or a few things that are, you know, we'd prefer not be the case. But let me tell you the story of this. Let me tell you about this person. Let me tell you what a miracle this is. And I'm not telling you to push the matter from the perspective of let's do risky things. I'm telling you because... This feels amazing and it's, it's undeniably divine in nature. And I talked with our surrogate and I've talked about, they call it the gestational carrier, the GC, the potential GC about, um, what if it doesn't work to have her do it? And she's like, you know, that's okay. That is, that's part of the process. Like that might be true. And she's like, you know, so many doors have opened up throughout all of your fertility journey and another one will open. And I think the fear that I have is that, that I'm going to be left with the, the carrying part. And I just like, babe, what, what, like, what's the decision if it doesn't work with her? Because the other option would be to hire a surrogacy agency and be put in touch with somebody else. But I just don't know that that's going to be possible. Yeah. It's an insanely, insane I mean, amount of let's additional just, cost. D- I, I just want to like, I just want to take a step back. I know really everybody quick. wants to take a fucking step back. Well, and just for our listening audience, like uh, for the not fa- for anybody. You talking to me? Okay, I want to take a step back and just take a moment with the fact that we are one of the pathways is surrogacy, and just kind of check in with you, like. You said when when that came to you, you felt this absolutely overwhelming sense of relief. Is that still the case? So at that time, there was a fantasy. I mean, babe, take out all. Hold on. Sorry. In my fantasy, she was going to be on the same timeline as me. We would just bring her over, put a wig on her, put her in my place. And get her, get her knocked up by three weeks from now, four weeks from now. Yeah. When I was planning on doing it. And so that, that was like, I was like, oh, you can come for, she has like a, you know, couple days off in November with November 1st. I was like, you can come in a couple weeks, get the preliminary scratch, preliminary scratch, and then come back and get pregnant like a week or two after I was gonna. Oh, okay. So now, 
So then the first hit was, that's like ridiculous and not going to happen, right? At that moment, it felt so amazing. Then it felt like, oh, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. Now I've gotten a lot of clarity about some of those pieces. I'm waiting on you to get clarity about the additional pieces. And then, you know, then the reality of like, if, you know, they said something that was like, you know, she can get pregnant naturally, but we have to actually see if she can get pregnant with medication. It's like, that's not actually the case for everybody. who gets, It's not like if you get pregnant, you're good at getting pregnant. It's different. I was like, uh, oh. Yeah. So what it sounds like to me is... So there, in other words, does that make it more risky, which then means... Well, yeah. right, 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 right. But what, what I'm getting to is, like, for me, I have a little different experience with this. Like, for me, my first reaction was even even the idea of surrogacy is new babe like setting aside all of the hoops to jump through all of the things all of the expectations about it all of the expectations about it all of that like surrogacy is is a really new like i never even like i hadn't really considered that as a possibility in mm-hmm. my life mm-hmm. i'm not opposed to it like politically or socially but like i never thought about that as a possibility mm-hmm. in my life and for me like the fact that this is a pathway on the table takes some acclimating to mm-hmm. that takes some coming around to about being like oh wow this is you know it's like a new thing that you're doing or a new way of being mm-hmm. or a new habit even and it takes like some time for you to like embody that and to and to adjust it and and it's it's it has been amazing to me that you have so seemingly and probably because you have personal experience with pregnancy and and birth and and both of those as you stated earlier were traumatic you haven't seemed to like have no. any questions about that and for no. me no no yeah. no, no, no. Okay. that's what she, i was asking no she asked she asked if if we wanted this in 2017 Right. Hold on. Yeah. I said, no. She asked again in like 2019. And I was like, no, we went through IVF and then decided to get pregnant on our own. She asked or it's not an ask. It's an offer. Right, she right, right, offered right. after Neo was born and we saw how complicated that was. And I said, no. Yeah. And then after we got the the thing about the polyps and the cervix and the da 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 and i had that traumatic like it was a feeling babe it just right. like i just like i was on the table nothing really big was happening other than they were putting a catheter up my cervix and identified the polyps i guess that is a big thing see it's like people just downplay it but like it was the very first step in a very long difficult process potentially difficult process and I felt a lot of fear and then Ardula said have you reconsidered the option of surrogacy and you remember what I said I was like I can't believe she said that right how easy it is for her to say suggest that as if it's just like an easier pathway right I was like that's not fair I don't want to do that that, yeah, you that were, was yeah. It was the you next had a reaction morning yeah. that I woke up and I had an awakening. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. And what that was that I, awakening like? Like, what what was different about it for you? I just, you know, when you hear something and somebody tells you to do something different, and you're like, no, that's just your first instinct, and then you think about it, and you're like, well, you have time to consider it, and then it's like, I guess I can see it, and then it wasn't until I called our surrogate or our, I called her, our, our friend. And she was like, 
absolutely. And then she just assured me, she was like, it's hard for you to be pregnant. It's easy for me to be pregnant. This, And then she said it felt like a calling. Mm, mm-hmm. And I... Like, so that like reassurance around to it. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That there's, that this was like, she had been feeling this calling and just like, you know, wow. Right. So it was like, then it, I was like, oh, this, like, I've been not wanting to consider this because I've wanted to stay on this other path. And now that it might not be viable to be on the other path or it might not be the most, the safest. And, you know, and our doula was like, you know, you're going to have to go underground a little bit if you get pregnant again. Like it's, it, it, you know, we're going to have to really take care of your body, pregnancy, birth and postpartum, make a lot of choices. Yeah. Okay. And so I just was like, oh, okay. There's so much more that I have been not willing to look at. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, and thank you for, I feel personally very much understanding of all the different pathways that we are exploring right now. And it is a lot. And at the same time, I have found through this that it has grown my faith in our family to make hard decisions. And I think that is so valuable. Mm, That brings a lot of peace. Yeah. I feel like every day I get something that brings me some peace, whether it's something we read, something you say, something somebody else says. So this is definitely a more will be revealed. More will be revealed. Thank you all for sticking along with us on this journey. Love you. Love you. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.